Gambia. Uh, President Yahya Jame is supposed to step aside and uh, Adama Barrow is to be sworn in. And of course, then also tomorrow in the United States, uh, there will be the inauguration of Donald Trump. But let's start with that story. Donald Trump is to be inaugurated as the 45th president of the United States tomorrow. But uh, there's controversy around his legitimacy as the next president and a growing number of people have vowed to boycott the inauguration. Democratic lawmakers, celebrities, musicians are among some of those who have announced that they will skip the event. And to look at what we can expect on the day, uh, we are now joined by economist from BizFarm, Atul Padaka. Good morning and thanks so much for speaking to us. Good morning, good morning, Sakina, and it's a pleasure to be on your show. Good morning, listeners. So, Atul, a number of celebrities are uh, threatening to boycott this event, and I see they've actually gone to great lengths, even talking about blocking off routes to the White House. What informs this, uh, given that uh, he seems to have won the election free and fair? Well, absolutely. President uh, Trump, by the looks of it, doesn't seem to be the average business-as-usual kind of a president. If you've seen his uh, controversial nature of lifestyle and even his election promises, they've ruffled quite a few feathers, uh, not only amongst his friends, not only amongst his enemies, but I think even amongst his friends, because even within his own party, there have been many Republicans who have gone to the extent of saying this is not the person we would like to support as our party president and so forth. So it's not even a further surprise that the Democrats have uh, absolutely not just been you know, against him, but also uh, making it difficult for his inauguration. And I think it boils down to pretty much about his policies and positions on several issues. For example, he wants to keep the Mexicans out and build a big wall there. Uh, he wants to create tariff barriers for Chinese imports. He's very anti-Muslim and so forth and so on. So, you know, uh, these kinds of positions are very nice from an election speech point of view, but they also have a backlash. And I think that's probably at work in this situation. But surely it is this type of talk, is it is this kind of, you know, uh, policy that he's been touting that has won him this presidency. So why would he change this now? Well, this is where the whole crux starts, you see. Very often, uh, when people are electioneering, they're on a nice high. People have a very high expectation. And as you know, this has been a very neck-to-neck race between uh, him and uh, Hillary Clinton. So in a very tight contest, uh, people have to kind of go out on a limb and woo the electorate so forth. But what happens over a period of time is when they sink into the chair, the real facts of life start sinking in. And then probably in many cases, some sort of moderation does take place. And we might expect that to happen. So, of course, uh, you know, he has to keep up to his position. He's been known to make many maverick uh, statements. But we might probably see some sort of moderation along the way, hopefully. Well, that hasn't happened yet because he continues to make those statements. He continues to tweet, unlike any president-elect, you know, previously. And um, what this has done is that it has uh, contributed to a drop in his ratings uh, as he prepares to take office. But what are some of the other contributing factors, do you think? Well, the global economic order, I think, is one of the uh, key things. President Trump has almost been labeled as a global risk. And uh, America plays a significant role. And on the heels of America is now uh, a strong China who's looking at kind of uh, taking over that mantle of global leadership. So you don't generally in such situations make enemies quickly. You would rather 
find ways of making partnerships and working collaboratively and, and striking a dialogue and that sort of stuff. Similarly with the Russians also, it's been a it's been a fairly roller coaster kind of a relationship. President Putin um, has almost started becoming a good friend of his, uh, also jumping into controversies around him and so forth. Uh, so it's pretty interesting in terms of how he's going to lead this, and uh, we just need to sit and watch. But I think what drives this agenda is is the upset in the global economic business as usual order. And that's, I think, what the global invest, investment community and everybody else is very expectantly watching from the edge of their seat. And we'll see that unpacked in the next few months. Well, they certainly are. The Chinese president, um, uh, Xi Jinping, now, uh, he has also come out, you know, sounding a warning to Donald Trump about his uh, protectionist economic policies and uh, also saying that, you know, that they should try and avoid a trade war between China and America. But what should we read into what uh, Xi Jinping is saying and what Donald Trump is saying at the moment? Well, it's starting to become a matter of not just economic, but in some cases, especially in the area of, let's say, the South China Sea. Uh, there's been a fair amount of posturing and positioning and, you know, we are watching you and you're watching us and it's the eyeball-to-eyeball kind of situation in many cases. The economic agenda, I think, is very important. If you see President Trump, his promise has been, we will make America great and I want to become the jobs president. And they've realized that these jobs are getting shipped out of the country. If you want to bring those jobs back in to just keep up to the election promises, those jobs, they got shipped out easily, but to bring them back is not an easy thing. And the Chinese are not going to let those jobs back in again from those protectionist policies because all the countries in today's times are governed by global trade pacts and so forth. So uh, we'll have to see how the, the two presidents, and, and, and it's going to be a very interesting dialogue on how these two presidents make things work in the global economic order. Certainly will be. And then, of course, there's that small matter of Brexit as well. And uh, so so, so Trump also not holding back uh, and having a go at Europe. Uh, he's <laughs> had, you know, a torrent of controversial comments. Uh, also had that broadside at uh, Germany's Angela Merkel and her handling of the refugee uh, crisis in Europe. Should we be expecting any sort of backlash? Well, I think uh, I'm, I'm going to watch very closely, and it always reminds me of this Yes Minister kind of a serial where, you know, the bureaucrats often tone down a, a flamboyant leader and bring some sort of uh, moderation along the way. And we now need to see how the White House staff are going to bring that kind of moderation to President Trump's policies and utterances. And his relations with Russia, how do you see, the, uh, see those developing? Well, they've been controversial from day one, where the Russians have been accused of hacking into the election results. Uh, the golden showers have become one more controversy, where President Putin has gone to the point of saying, ours are the best, and so forth. Uh, but the two superpowers have an opportunity to work. I think especially in the post-Cold War era, uh, the Russian-American relationships have always been a very difficult part of the global equation. Uh, and I think they're beginning to start kind of connecting at some personal level. So if that happens, that would be really nice for the world. Well, thank you so much uh, for your time this morning. Economist from BizFarm, Atul.